Welcome to Dream Chasers Radio, where we are always daring to be different. Get ready, get ready, get ready to be inspired. Let's get moving toward our goals. And here to make that happen is our host, Yaya Diamond. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I am on location right now in somewhere in Florida. <laughs> so I want to thank you for tuning in to Dream Chasers Radio with me, your host, Yaya Diamond. It is a wonderful thing. The Roku station is up and running. It's the Yaya Diamond TV, Yaya Diamond TV on Roku. Go ahead and join us. That's right. Yaya Diamond on Roku is now officially up. We have two shows up there because what I'm doing now is I am doing a lot of different shows for this uh, Sunday to put up new shows for next week and things like that. I am so excited about everything that is going on. You guys, it is amazing what is going on, and I am loving it. I am loving it. So, um. <laughs> I have a guest that's getting ready to call in really soon, and he says he's not good with technology, so please bear with him. Ah, I love you. I love you. All right, so, you, you know, you have to you have to say that a lot of times we have just different people that call in, different talent that calls in, so many wonderful people that come on this show. I want to thank you guys so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for being an avid listener to Dream Chasers Radio. It has been such a pleasure being on the show, um, being the radio host for you guys and for myself. It's a growing experience. I love it. The opportunities that come with it are endless, and I can't say enough about just um, – just the humility and, and just the love that I have gotten from you guys since I've started this radio show and, and done this has been amazing. I want to thank you so very much, so very much. Um, I want to go ahead and just we're waiting for a call from one of our guests to call in. And because I'm on location, it can be a little difficult for me to get this working up quickly. So I'm trying to make sure I have connection. So give me one second here. Because with no connection, which means that we can't do what we need to do, which is not good. All right, so we got that going. I see it. I see it. I see it. I see it. All right, and with that, guys, I'm going to go ahead and play a little bit of music for you, and then we're going to get into the show in a few minutes. Hey, uh, don't forget to join us on Facebook, on YouTube, on Roku, everywhere. We are everywhere. We are everywhere. Wow. Thank you guys so much again. This has been, oh, my gosh. I'm going to continue to be on the radio, continue to be the, the show host for Dream Chasers Radio, but not only that, but Yaya Diamond TV. 
And um, this is, it's amazing. I mean, wow. Wow. It is just amazing, all the things that are happening. Um, if you guys are following me on Facebook, uh, do that. I'm Yaya Diamond or the Yaya Diamond. And I do post from occasion to occasion. You know, I'm very busy, uh, but I do post there occasionally from time to time. And some things are just happening, and the explanation will be right there at Dream Chasers Radio. Um, I'm going to go ahead and play a little bit of music for you guys. Here it is, Fireworks with Paradigm.
More culture is what the people say. Money wasn't plenty, but you know it has been spread when you cultivate your ground and take your own bread.
the Zach at the drippity drop. So I stopped the yelling drippity drop. Yeah, now you keep calling me, they trying to be in my face. I already replaced ya. Now he wanna talk about love. Daddy trying to hand out hugs. Ooh, you can look but can't touch. Dreaming about me way too much. Parked outside of my crib. Outside in my new crib. You ain't know how to handle this. But my new man getting all the dreams. My new man getting all the dreams. My new man getting all the dreams. My new man. I can't take my, 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 
If you're willing to hear me, what your biggest problem is. You think you shouldn't have them. Problems are what make us grow. Problems are what sculpt our soul. Problems are what make us become more. If we can realize that life is always happening for us, not to us, game over, all the pain and suffering disappears. Your problem is your gift. People want to find an ending. There isn't an ending. You're never going to be truly happy. You're never going to be truly sad if you just continue. That's just life. You get a journey, you get one ride at this thing, and then when it's over, it's over. Because the moment you think you have security, the moment you get complacent, is the moment you die. I think it's important people write down their goals, because otherwise they'll just find themselves in the rat race, continuing, continuing. Now to achieve success in every area of your life, you have to develop the habits of highly successful and hardworking people. Successful people understand that they must work in a straight line to get from where they are to where they want to go without diversion or distraction. If you want to accomplish your goals, you must be sure that everything you do is taking you in that direction and then develop good habits to get you there. We all have a habit of hesitating. We have an idea, you're sitting in a meeting, you have this incredible idea, and instead of just, you know, saying it, you stop and you hesitate. Now what none of us realize is that when you hesitate, just that moment, that micro moment, that small hesitation, it sends a stress signal to your brain. It is easy to be motivated to succeed in the beginning of an endeavor and when you are close to the end. The most difficult part and the part where people quit is when they are in the thick of it and it is unclear whether they have the strength and stamina to make it the rest of the way. I'm never going to feel like doing the things that are tough or difficult or uncertain or scary or new, so I need to stop waiting until I feel like it. Whatever you focus on, you'll feel, even if it's not true. And so decisions shape destiny. It's not our conditions, it's our decisions about what to focus on, what, we, what the meaning is, and what we're going to do. But we focus on a very small part of life, and whatever we focus on, we feel. You don't just get a result without some kind of action, without some form of ritual. Ritual meaning actions you do consistently. Now, do you think those people that are out there working out five days a week, do they have more time than you do? Or I have, or anybody else? Of course not. Is their life less busy? Of course not. It's just a must for them. They must work out that way, and they've made that turn, their life's changed. Take these huge challenges you got, break them down into little bite-sized steps. Little things you do each day that after you do them, you get so much momentum that it's easy to succeed. You're not overwhelmed. You have these victory day after day after day on little things. You literally just condition your body and emotion with a couple little rituals. So it doesn't matter what's going on in your world. You feel that strength and it's not fake. It's not some pump up. It's coming from inside you and it works. Rituals define us. See. All the results in your life are coming from your rituals. They start with a standard and then have rituals that follow it up. Success and failure are not giant events. They don't just show up. You don't just suddenly become successful or suddenly have this cataclysmic event that makes you fail. It may look that way, but failure comes from all the little things. It's failure to make the call. 
It's failure to check the books. It's failure to say, I'm sorry. It's failure to push yourself to do things physically that you don't want to do. And all those little failures day after day come together until one day some cataclysmic event happens and you blame that. That event happened because you missed all the little stuff. And success, by the way, is not some overnight event. It's all these little things. Success is having a vision. Success is making it compelling. Success is really seeing it, feeling it every day with strong enough reasons. Success is feeling the sense that I'm here to grow and I'm here to give something to the world more than just myself. Success is caring about other people. Success is calling and saying, I love you, in the middle of the day for no damn reason. You need to have some rituals, some cool things you do that nobody else does that gives you a better life than anybody else has. All the little stuff. That's where success comes from. You just have a vision and you don't have the ritual, stop lying to yourself. What's been your biggest accomplishment, you think? Bouncing back, number one, is refusing to listen to the negative chatter in my own head, refusing to uh, listen to other people's perception of me, creating something from absolutely nothing. So I got, you know, there's the books, there's the TV, there's the, all that stuff. But my biggest accomplishment is being willing to give myself a thousand second chances. And every time I got to 9.99, I press reset. Yeah. I didn't ask permission, I gave notice. Yeah. At some point, I have to stop asking, can I be great? Can I be brilliant? Can I be okay and still be accepted? I just stopped asking permission and just gave notice unapologetically, and not in a braggadocious way, not in a way that shrunk anyone else, in a way that said, I only got one life, and I'm going to ride this one until the wheels fall off. And then all the other stuff came. Wow. As a result of a decision I made. Right. But it was a decision. You... It was a decision. But it was, and it didn't come from, you know, a motivational experience. It didn't come from a, an inspiring teacher. It came from hitting rock bottom. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about that. Because yeah. this was the thing that when you and I were talking that really s struck me. Because I had been there. Yeah. And I just wanted to hear how you had turned it around. Because you can be rock bottom and turn it around. That's the best turnaround, because at rock bottom, hell ain't no other way right. to go. Right. You got to go right. up. So right. that's a great time. You climbed to the top. Tell everybody about this journey. I struggled all through school. The last time I took English class, I got a fail. And my English teacher said I was the weakest writer she ever met in her entire life. The last time I took a speech class, same year, I got a D minus in speech. And my speech teacher said, Lisa, quote unquote, I recommend you never speak in public that you get a desk job. So that was the beginning of my life. That was, the, that was my 19-year-old experience. And then I go on and I'm trying to figure it out, trying to figure it out. I was obedient. I went and got a job in accounting. I was in the collection department for seven years. Y'all don't know, I'm dangerous to accounting. I'm, <laughs> I'm just dangerous. And I'm in collections. And you know, you should never put a broke person in collections. <laughs> never, because everybody's reasons sound good to me. <laughs> not, not, I don't funny, but it was real. Not only did I say, girl, don't you worry about paying that. I'm going to take your name off the list. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody went to jail because I was in I got fired from five different jobs. Yeah. And then I got pregnant with my son unexpectedly. And then at eight months, my son's father went to prison. I had to get on government's assistance to have my baby. I was on WIC, Women, Infant, and Children, to feed my child. And when my son was eight months old, I went to the ATM to get $20 out the bank because I didn't have any Pampers for him. And in order to get $20 out, you got that $20 in. I had $11.42.
And I still can't tell the story without getting emotional because it's my story. Mm-hmm. For two days, I had to wrap my son in, in a towel. But something happened, Steve, in those two days. I was at rock bottom. I was broke, and I was broken. Inglewood, California. My son laying on his back at eight months. I have a towel over him, and I have my hand on his stomach saying, don't you worry, Jelani. Mommy will never be this broke again. And I made a decision. I was bankrupt. And every stinking thinking I had, I was bankrupt and trying to protect my pride. I was bankrupt and trying to be all that in a bag of chips and a bowl of grits falsified. I was bankrupt and trying to not ask anyone for help. I was bankrupt in everything that was holding me and keeping me where I was. I've always talked a good game, but I wasn't doing anything with my gift. And all that thing about potential, I was tired of having potential. I wanted to have my now. And I looked at that baby at eight months and I said, I want to transform your life because you didn't ask to come into this chaos. As an African-American male child in South Central Los Angeles, with a single mother whose father's in prison, he had a 66% chance of going to prison himself. Not on my watch. Mm. Not on my watch. So if I have to be willing to drastically transform myself so that I can become the woman that I know I can be. Right. And that's what I began to do. I was radical. What did you do, Lisa? What, what did you do to change your life? First, um, I realized I couldn't grow with people who were struggling like me. That whole, I don't want to leave nobody behind. No, I don't want to stay with y'all. Right. You don't even, you don't even want to be here. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't want to be the queen of this block. Yeah. And I became okay with the fact that it doesn't make me any less committed to my community, committed to my culture, committed to my family. The best thing I can do for you is not stay here with you. That's right. When I got that, I went to places I'd never seen before. I went to conferences where people were talking about money, talking about prosperity, yeah. talking about, it was like, no, I'm lying, Spaniel. What y'all talking about? ROIs and PPMs and term agreements and capital fundraising and bottom lines and what is it? What, what? I'm, I'm going to stay until I learn what you're talking about. I went to the same conference 42 times. And there I raised $532,000 in capital for my company, Start My Dream. And my dream was to transform teen lives. I want to teach teens how to fall madly in love with themselves and how to make integrity-based decisions. And I got it funded, and I started working. And that was the beginning of me rescuing myself. I realized that I am my rescue. No one else is my rescue. Anybody can dream it, but you'll never see it until you're willing to be committed to it. I was telling somebody the other day, when I didn't have anything, church didn't have any members, I'd get off work, working at Carbide, and drive up the roads and work on the church till I had to turn around and go back to work. We worked when we didn't have food. We worked when we didn't have lights. I was putting my whole check in the offering, all of it trying to keep it going. When I finally got some staff, I went on the road preaching. And whatever I made on the road preaching, I brought it home to make the payroll of the staff. And sometimes I got them paid and couldn't pay me. Commitments. Looked like a fool. Didn't have any clothes. Suits was falling off me. Lying and wore out my clothes. 
couldn't send them to the cleaners. Had to wash my suit in the washing machine. They laughed at me. Looked like an old raggedy country preacher. I had holes in my shoes. I couldn't kneel down and pray because if I knelt down to pray, they would see holes in my shoes. They laughed at me. They said that boy's lost his mind. He'll never be nothing. He stutters. He's got a list when he speaks. He'll never be a preacher. I don't care what you say. If you are committed to what you believe. If I think I cannot do it, I already cancel it. Yeah. Some really crazy things that I believe I can do it, I already do it. Like what? Like jump, jump over the building, you know, uh, crash by the hovercraft, um, um, jump from the light, 72 feet high with no net. And there's so many things, so many things. Uh, even, even today I look at the uh, the old film, look at myself, sometimes really smile, I'm glad, even I know I get hurt, I broke my ankle, I'm so happy I did it. If today, I cannot do it anymore, yeah, I'm, I'm so whatever you want to do, what, whatever you, I always tell the students, whatever you do, do the, when you're young, do it, you might get hurt, or you're learning a piano, you're learning a, a martial art, between between 10 or 20, 10 years, learn whatever you can those years. Like me, I just do. 10 years later, now, forever, the things you learn or the, the, <clears throat> the success I have forever. Don't regret one day, ah, I should do it right now. I should, no, it's too late. Do it when you were young. I had three rules pretty much that I stuck with practically all the time. I'd learned these prior to coming to UCLA and I decided they were very important. One was never be late. Never be late. Um, uh, later on I had, I had certain things that I had the players if we're leaving for someone they had to be neat and clean. There was a, night, a time when I, I made them wear uh, um, uh, jackets and shirts and ties but, and then I saw our Chancellor coming to school in, Long in uh, Denims and, and Turtlenecks, and I thought it was not right for me to keep this other, so I let them just, they had to be neat and clean. And I had one of my, uh, one of my greatest players that you probably heard of, Bill Walton. He came and, uh, and gets the bus, we were leaving for somewhere and to play, and he wasn't clean and neat, so I, I would let him go. He couldn't get on the bus, he had to go home and, and, and get cleaned up to get to the airport if he did. So I, I was a stickler for that. I believed in that. I believe in time, very important. I believe you should be on time. But I felt a practice, for example, we start on time, we close on time. The youngsters didn't have to feel that we're going to keep them over. When I speak at coaching clinics, I often tell young coaches, and the coaching clinics, more, more or less, they'll be the younger coaches uh, getting in the, in the profession. That, and most of them are young, you know, and, and probably newly married. And I tell them, don't run practices uh, late because you'll go home in a bad mood and, and that's not good for a young married man to go home in a bad mood. When you get older, when you get older, it doesn't make any difference, but... Uh, <laughs> so I did believe on time. I believe starting on time and I believe closing on time. And another one I had was not one word of profanity. One word of profanity and you, you, 
or out of here for the day. If I see it in a game, you're going to come out and sit on the bench. And the third one was uh, never criticize a teammate. I, I didn't want that. I used to tell them I was paid to do that. That's my job. I'm paid to do it. Pitifully poor, but I am paid to do it. Not like the coaches today, for gracious sakes, no. Uh, they're, they're, it's, it's a little different than it than was in my day. But those are the three things that I uh, stuck with uh, pretty closely all the time. And, uh, uh, those actually came from my dad, and that's what he tried to uh, teach me and uh, my uh, brothers at one time. You are responsible for your life. I've known this. I've, I've known this since The Color Purple. In 1985, I've probably told you the story when I did The Color Purple, but in 1985, I did The Color Purple. Prior to that, I had read the book, Larry. And this is, a, this is when I got The Secret Thing, but I didn't know it was called The Secret. I read the book, The Color Purple, and then went out and got books for everybody else I knew. And I was obsessed about this story, obsessed about it. I ate, slept, thought all the time about The Color Purple. I moved to Chicago. I get a call from a casting agent asking, would I like to come and audition for a movie? I've never gotten a call in my life from anybody for a movie or anything like that. And I say, is it The Color Purple? And he says, no, it's a movie called Moonsong. And I go, well, I've been praying for The Color Purple. And I go to the audition, and of course it was The Color Purple. I audition. I don't hear anything for months, and I go to this, this fat farm, and I think it's because I'm fat, because I was about 212 pounds at the time, and I think I didn't get the call back because I'm so fat, and I'm at this fat farm, and I'm praying and crying, saying to God, help me let this go, because I wanted to be in this movie so much. I wanted it, I wanted it, I wanted it. I thought I was going to be in the movie. There's all these signs that I should be in the movie, and I go to this fat farm, and I'm praying and crying, and as I'm on the track singing the song, I surrender all, I surrender all, all to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. I'm singing that song, praying and crying. A woman comes out to me, and she says, on the track, it's raining, and she says, there's a phone call for you. And the phone call was Steven Spielberg saying, I want to see you in my office in California tomorrow. Now, what I learned from that, it, that moment absolutely changed my life forever because I had drawn the color purple into my life. I didn't know Steven Spielberg. I didn't know Quincy Jones, who saw me in Chicago in 1984. He was, he was there for a lawsuit that was being filed against Michael Jackson because he'd been working on his, his thriller album. And he saw me on AM Chicago and said, that's Sophia. Now, I didn't know him. I didn't know anybody that had anything to do with that. But I knew that I had drawn that into my life. And it changed the way I thought about my life forever. Dear son-in-law, Miss Seeley, you keep on advising him like you do. It is very true that the way you think creates reality for yourself. There are other factors going on. So it's not everything but you really can change your own reality based on the way that you think. Yeah, I um, graduated college and I have, you know, this degree in fine arts and my dad saw me coming and going to work every day and he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, making a living, what are you talking about? And I was in a transitional period because my son and father and I, we had just broken up and I had this degree and I was just living. And my dad saw it, and he was like, how do you expect to catch fish on dry land? And I was like, what? He always spoke in metaphors. <laughs> I was like, can you just speak plain English? He was like, how are you going to get acting jobs when they're not here? You need to go to L.A. 
where the jobs are. So my family threw a party. We were broke. They raised $700, and I moved to L.A., and I wow. took my son in. My dad may rest in peace. He um, was like, maybe you should leave Marcel here. And I was like, I'm not leaving my son. He's my kid. And then I got out and freaked out. I said, like, maybe I should send him back. And my dad was like, no, that's your blessing. He's your blessing. He's going to keep you focused. You were right. Your instinct was right. You should have taken him. So $700. My son is now 21. He's in school now. He's in his youth studying. Right. And look at me. <laughs> so that's a good story. That's amazing. I want to thank you for tuning in to Dream Chasers Radio. Wow, what inspiration we have, what inspirational people we have that, that are just out there giving us their time, their love, their dedication, their stories, stories of, of hope and stories of movement and positivity and, uh, you know, things that uh, that come from a negative situation and how they got through and what they did. And it's amazing to me that we can get through with just a thought, just a thought, just a, just thinking positive can get us through. I want to welcome this next caller to the show. Please tell everybody who you are and what you do, please. My name is Naomi Happer smith I'm an author of three books, A Woman's First, Hello, What's Naomi. Away, and God's Spirit Reigns. Hi, how are you today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I was expecting you earlier, girlfriend, to tell me about your books. Well, you want me to talk about all three at once? I want you to tell me which one do you like the most. I would say the beginning of my journey has been the most influential part of who I am. So A Woman's Worth is the beginning of my collection as a published author. And a woman's words, the subtopic is from broken promise to fulfilled prophecy. And basically I talk about the uh, experiences I went through as a young mother who went, you know, into a cycle of abuse and God delivered me out of it. And, you know, it wasn't a quick journey, but it was a defining moment in which I was broken and I, I feel like I had been robbed of the finer things in life because of my rerouted journey. But God said it's not all broken. It's not all lost. It's necessary for the journey to fulfillment. So that is like the uh, prerequisite for, you know, being a disciple. A lot of times the rejection we go through, because I got one chapter called Rejection Bill Strength. Even though we are rejected, a lot of times we don't like that posture. But in order for us to be used, we got to go through a bruising or a place of denial, and the things that I went through in life made me whole, made me complete, made me to recognize and value my worth as a woman and as an individual. And that's one thing I want to put out there to all the readers. You know, despite what you went through with, it's a purpose. And once the dust settles and you'll be able to see clearly now, that's another chapter in my book, you're going to realize your worth was already inside you, but sometimes the route in which you went through life Brought the fulfillment alive to you. Wow, a woman's worth. So after that, what what comes next? Is it worth the wait or God's spirit reign? Worth the wait, 
What the Weight is basically a book on patience. We have the ability and the knowledge to pray, but sometimes we don't have the endurance to wait on the answer. So in this particular book, I talk about patience being rewarded after a season of trial, after a season of rejection or, or waiting. It's going to be worth it when you get the fulfillment. So it's like a book walking you through steps of while you're not willing to wait. If you believe that your prayer is going to be answered and you have the belief to pray, wait on the response. We wait in the grocery store. We wait at the doctor's office. We wait on the phone. But sometimes when it's something that benefits us on a personal level, we're losing patience on it. And so I'm encouraging the, the readers just wait on it. It's going to come, and, it's, and when it comes, it will not tarry. It's, it's fun to expect the time. There's a scripture that says, write the vision, make it plain. At the end, it will speak and not lie. Sometimes we look for the answers at the beginning. You know, we want a cake, and we look, we think about the taste of it, the smell of it, but you got to go through the steps of preparation, making the groceries, you know, buying the supplies, following the directions, baking it. And then at the end, you're going to taste it. So I'm giving, like, step-by-step guidelines to waiting. And I even got an acronym for wait, willingly allow intimate time. When you spend time, the proper time, you're not going to mind waiting on the proper results. Mm, I like that. I like that. And now, okay, so then you have a, a woman's worth, worth the weight, and now God's spirit reigns. Tell me about that one. God Spirit Reigns is a book in which I give strategies for victory. You know, every time we have an answer prayer, it don't have the same prerequisite. Sometimes God just wants us to pray. Sometimes he wants us to speak. Sometimes he just wants us to see the salvation of the Lord and wait on his blessings to, you know, be released upon us. And so in this particular book, I talk about different strategies for victory and different types of spirits we deal with when faced with spiritual warfare. So this particular book is on warfare and how it affects you as the individual that is praying to recognize the different signs or spirits that you're up against and know that above all, you know, we have the TV shows, we have the old wide fables. Some of those things are funny. Some of those things, tickle your fancy, but at the end of the day, if we can just bypass man's rules, laws, and regulations, go directly to the throne of God, where he sits high, he is the author and the finisher of our faith, realize that he reigned, he ruled, and ask him for an insight. Give me a strategy for what I'm dealing with today. You know, we, we say that in our prayer, Lord, give me today my daily bread, the daily nutrient I need, the daily insight I need, the daily revelation I need. It comes with knowing I can go straightly to the throne of God, bypass people, and say, Lord, I need you. You are the author and the finisher of my faith. I, I look at it as he's being the one that controls the whole universe. We can just do a cheat sheet. Okay, Lord, what's next? <laughs> and, you know, I have a sense of humor with that. Just go straight to him. He, he got the answers. He's writing it out. And, you know, sometimes he may want to change the script based on our position or our hope in him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I truly I, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Wow. Well, so you have gone through a lot of different things to get to where you are. What is the one thing that you've done so far that you 
think if, if it never happened or if you've never gone through, you never went through it, you would not be where you're at today? I would say my marriage. I would have to start with the marriage because with my marriage brought the divorce. With my marriage brought the abuse. With my marriage brought the single parenting. And so in spite of everything I did, you know, to pursue happiness, I am the common denominator. So right now, you know, years later, I started writing. And, well, I say I was born a writer because I wrote my school, mask, um, what you call it, the card, the, the motto for the class, class of 93, I wrote the class motto. You are what you see. You can be what you dream. But you must work hardest to achieve the unachievable, believe the unbelievable, and become the unpredictable. And, you know, all throughout my younger years, I've always been isolated. I've to myself a thinker and um, never really knew how to break the silence and voice my words. So I wrote a lot, and I still journal. But at this point in my life, I feel like I'm awakening out of the ashes of despair because it was a deep, dark valley that I went through after I married my husband. We only was married for four years, but half of that time, he was in prison. So, you know, I, I got married. He went to jail. My son was one month old. He got out. I got pregnant again. My son was six months old. He get out. I got pregnant with Chance, but I didn't realize I was pregnant. <laughs> but I, I found out a month later, and eight months later, I had him on my birthday. So I'm like, what's the chance of that? So I named him Chance. But uh, the revelation God gave me this. During your most devastating storm, he will place a gift inside you that even after the storm, the gift remains. Now, I'm going to tell you, somebody is missing out of my equation, but I'm yet whole. I can't tell you the, 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 uh, the details of the book, but it is a must-read. It is a life-changing, life-transformating life story in which I went from triumph to victory. I went through a valley of really not knowing who I was, not knowing why I was in this situation, but I got passion, I got answers, I got revelation just by me sitting down. And I tell people, God is the author of the pen in my hand. I sit down under the anointing, and as I begin to write, he reveals, and I go back and read it, and it encourages me. It inspires me. So I'm one that wrote under the anointing of the Holy Spirit in which I have to go back sometimes and comfort myself with the words of the book because I don't remember mm-hmm. actually in that place. But writing has become therapeutic for me. It has become healing for me. It has been a, a, um, a portal in which I release the hurt, release the questions, release the doubt, and God will impart mm-hmm. into me a fresh word of revelation, strength. And I'm, I'm just learning how to, you know, stay in that place of writing, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a gift, and, you know, in, in some of my books, I do have poems inside, and I would like to read one or really quote one. I can quote one to you. Yeah, definitely. Go right ahead. And it, it basically says, who am I? Challenged by life's circumstance, I stand back and take a glance. While reflecting on my life's inventory, I'm led to tell a brief story of who I am in Christ and who Christ is in me. I am an overcomer because he lives on inside of me. To lead God, protect and array with me, his love every step of my day. I have confidence in this man. Yes, it's true. Everything in his word always comes true. 
to me from the Bible, from heaven above, down to share with you his love. So don't evaluate what your eyes see to determine me. Look deep within my soul. That's my underlying goal. Rest, develop, and soon one day is revealed and complete as I stand at my Savior's feet, or will forever blossom in eternity. The person I am now is not who I'm meant to be, but the question yet remains, who am I? I am who I am. He has made me like I am, and he's given me a, a message to proclaim through salvation in his son, Jesus' name. And I got that poem wow. teaching Sunday school one day. I asked my students, who are you? You need to know who you are, your purpose in life, and write a story about it. I never challenge people to do something that I'm not willing to partake in. So in all mm-hmm. three of these books, God has given me a unique way of presenting the journey that I went through, recognizing who I am, because, you know, in a woman's words, I tell my readers that, God made a woman from a whole man. Eve had no childhood. Mm. She was born a woman. So if you look at yourself mm-hmm. as being born a woman but not knowing who you were, but the trials in life defined you, the trials in life matured you, your experiences in life made you aware of your emotional, your mental, your spiritual intellect, you're whole. Mm-hmm. Everything you need was already impregnated in you at birth. But sometimes I have four uh, different divisions in the book Innocence, we're all born in it Experience, we become awakened in it Suffering, if we make it through it Victory is destined to happen So it's an amazing journey To fulfillment Through my personal testimony And I always have a lot of scripture references And worth the wait, I have over 300 scriptures Because I believe The word of God The substance of the word The principles of the word of God Is going to add essence and reinforce what I've done personally. I got my own personal testimonies, but I also have biblical references to back up the reason why my healing came to me. Mm. Wow. Wow. So, and it took me, you know, turn, five years to write each book. Uh-huh. You can go ahead. Wow. In turn, it's like saying, you know, you are what you believe. Do you believe that? Do you believe that, you know, when you put it out there, when you pray about it, when you talk about it, when you search about it and research and you believe it, you believe in the healing, you believe in the the victory, do you believe that that is the reason why we can get where we are today uh, or not get where we want to be? I do prison ministry, and my nickname is Sister Hope. And I, I went out there with a mission, hope, have only positive expectations. The scripture says, he that come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. At a point in my life when I went through my divorce, and I'm just going to say it, my husband was killed by a drunk driver. My husband was on oh. crack cocaine. At that point in my life, and I had four children, they was three, five, Seven and eleven. What's the sense of this? I don't understand. I was already journaling, but someone prophesied to me and said, "You need to write a book." And I'm like, "Write a book? I write a little bit. I put it down. Write a little bit. I put it down." But the more I went mm-hmm. through, and God was telling me, "People need to hear your story. If you knew how much value you held to the body of Christ." to the people that is going through a valley but cannot make sense of it. I have a portion that says mm-hmm. Jesus had nail-scored hands, 
with those same hands at comfort, healing, protection, and salvation to all those reached. So I look at my story as being tragic, but also victorious. Because if I can shine hope and light and impact someone to see, now my children is 15, 17, 19, and 23. And I would tell Mm -hmm. anybody, God did it. God gave me the hope I needed. He gave me the strength I needed. He gave me the endurance I needed. And he anointed me in the process. Because it was many days mm-hmm. that I didn't have any hope in me, visibly. Mm-hmm. But it was, all, it was in there. He had to pull it out. <laughs> he had to pull it out through the trials. And every day I woke up, I can begin again. I had to speak that to myself. It's not over. Because I, was, I, was, I could literally count broken, 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 broken. God said it's not all lost. It was necessary. So in my time of prayer and seeking him, he empowered me with words of wisdom, different poems that he put inside me and pulled out of me that give me Mm -hmm. substance and strength to go through each day. And like I said, Worth the Weight is about praying, and this is a poem in Worth the Weight. It says, it's not for debate. You must just learn how to wait. A prayer is a request, and God should do the rest. Upon your knees when you pray, all you have to say is your heart's desire, and immediately you have not hired. For God begins to work on your behalf. He's equipped with many already on staff. Angels of protection, angels of concern. My son, my daughter, all you must do is learn. Learn to trust him, obey him too. His word is also very true. When you can stand on every lie, don't take my word. It's time for you to try Step out on faith, he would do the rest. Come on, it's time to walk in victory and pass the test. The test of character, courage, and honesty, too. He has done it for me. He can do it for you. So be encouraged and learn how to wait. He will bring all mountains low and make the crooked path straight. Time is nothing for him because he lives in eternity. So don't limit what it's truly meant to be. Take the limits off. Pick up your cross. He died so many souls won't be lost. You are a prayer answered, so continue to pray more. For it will be well worth the wait when we live forevermore. And just like God answered my prayer with giving me revelation, insight, and wisdom, I want to be the answer to some other mother's prayer, to some other. You know, my audience is is wide. I had a student, because I'm a substitute teacher, I have a very diverse life. I have my own beauty mm-hmm. shop. I'm the owner of that since 97. But I also started being active in my children's life as a substitute teacher so I can know what's going on on the inside of the classroom. So I had um, the opportunity to talk to the librarian. I said, can I donate a book to the school? She said, well, I need to see if the contents are age appropriate. And so I let two students read it yesterday. And it was like, oh, my God, that's good. I like that. And I believe that mm-hmm. whoever is is wondering, because on the back of my book I said, do you feel like you've been robbed of the finer things in life? Have you emptied out more of yourself into someone that has been deposited in you? Is the energy lost with the results you have received? So if you can say yes to that, this book is for you. I want to stir your mind up. I'm one that will bring out and cultivate the mature place in you that you will awaken with strength, power, posture of obedience, and be ready to bombard heaven on your behalf. Because a lot of people don't know how to approach God, don't know all you got to do is show up with some faith. That's all. He said, just show up believing. He that comes to God must believe that he is 
And that's the thing that I always had was hope, believing that tomorrow going to be a better day. It got to get it better. Is. This cannot be it. Mm-hmm. And and that, mm-hmm. that prompted me to write. That prompted me to stay with it. That kept me with my mind, even though, you know, last year I said, I wrote a book, my beauty, beauty shop talk. How do you have time to write a book? I said, I make time. Yep. I make time. <laughs> I, I just finished writing another one, and I started on another one. Because it's a lot of people that need to hear, just like a song express the words you want to say, but you haven't thought of it. And you're just like, oh, I needed that. And so my testimony is like, oh, I needed that. That's very good. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the type of energy I receive when I pray. Thank you, Lord, I needed that. You know, he give me wisdom. He give me insight. He give me the information I need. And I'm like, I needed that. Thank you, God. So that's what I want to mm-hmm. bring to my readers, the very thing that you wondered or questioned or struggled with. I got the answer for you. Just invest in me and get the three mm-hmm. books. You know, it's an amazing journey that I have been on, and um, I'm excited because I can see daybreak. Yeah. I can see things turning around for me now. I hear you, and that's a, um, that is amazing. I, congratulations. I see you have that passion for others. You have the passion to, to move forward and to be that example. Where can people reach you? I'm actually on Facebook. I have my own uh, website there. Um, excuse me. I have my okay. own page there, Naomi Smith. And I actually do a Work the Word Wednesday. Every Wednesday I come forth with a encouraging word from the Lord. But I have a 1-800 number. I'm going to try to look it up right quick that I have uh, put out for people to call and, and contact me. And um, my website is www.naomihafford.com. Smith, N-A-O-M-I-H-A-F-F-O-R-D-S-M-I-T-H. That is my website, and um, I'm just excited about what God has birthed inside of me to be able to deliver, you know, firsthand. I tell people, if they know the story of Naomi in the Bible, I'm her 21st century. (laughs) I have experienced Mm. loss and bitterness, brokenness, but it humbled me. It humbled me, and so now I'm at a place that I can go back and reteach and reach others based on a platform that I once fell from. God has brought restoration in me so I can be a light to other people and and shine light on their hearts to let them know it's not all over. It might be dark right right now, but keep pressing ahead. You might be in an uncertain place right now, but it's going to get better. So I'm one that always try to give people hope. And let them know, hey, I went through it. He have no respect to persons. He'll bring a sense of healing to you if you stay with it long enough. Mm. Wow, wow. And you guys know the deal. You can go to Naomi Harford Smith. We have that website right here below the interview in our description box. So copy and paste that into your browser and get her right there. And did you find that 800 number? No, ma'am, I don't have it right now, but... Hold on a um, second. Let me see if I have it. Give me a second. Nope, I don't have it. 
But that's okay. But I'm on Facebook. You can go ahead and put that up on your page. Your author H Naomi on Facebook. Author H Naomi on Twitter. And on Tumblr it's author H uh, Naomi dot Tumblr dot com and also Naomi Harper Smith on uh, dot com on your website. Thank you so much, Naomi, for everything. And I'm telling you, girlfriend, you are inspirational. Just keep going. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for being on the show. Is there anything else you'd like to tell the listeners today? Okay, I have the number. It's one eight 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 five three four zero four four nine. And I would like to tell okay. everybody, I just want to be a voice crying out in the wilderness, no matter where you are in life. If you allow the Holy Spirit to minister to your heart, open up your heart, my my greatest posture right now has become praying. Because when you don't know, go to the one that's in control of all things. And as you open up your heart to God, God will inspire you with the right people, with divine connections. And I believe that I'm the one he's raising up with a word of healing through my experiences. Worth the way if it's the Holy Spirit, our husband, a wife, a home, the promises of God, or the harvest. If you believe with all assurance you're going to obtain your desire, why would you become impatient or refuse to wait? So, like, it's a woman's worth, hashtag, worth the wait, and I'm telling you, God's spirit reigns. And you couple all three of these in your, in your um, library, you're going to be more in, on fire, more in tune, and more ready to say, okay, Lord, I'm ready to be a disciple. I'm ready to be empowered. I'm ready to go forth because, like I say, he did it for me. He has no respect of persons. And the first step is saying, here I am, you know. And that's what I have learned to encourage myself. Lord, here I am. I don't know what to do. And he lead me to write, I write. He lead me to pray, I pray. He lead me to do, you know, I, I, every week I get on Facebook, work the word Wednesday. I had an inspirational word yeah. today, follow the command. And I tried to impact everyone with what it took for me. It took the word of God to deliver me from a broken state, emotionally, mentally. And through my writing, through my coming to knowing Christ in a personal way, he burst out hope and books that accent my journey to fulfillment. So if you're on your way to fulfillment and you don't know which, which step to take, I recommend getting a copy of all three of my books. It will impact your life in a phenomenal way and give you the hope you need to make it. Hallelujah. Well, thank you so much, Miss Smith, for being on the show. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for having me, and I, I I am blessed and honored to be a part of the show. God bless you and pray for me and my family. Definitely and I do in a have positive two, And I do have two grandbabies, so God has extended my life, oh. you know, through through the course of everything I went through. I'm I'm excited to be at a place that I can go back. I said, we all have a season that of uncertainty, but God will, if you stay stay true to the path, he'll cause you to become delivered and go back down memory lane and, and help bring others out. So my books are a way to going back down memory lane and telling people my story and giving all the glory to God. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. You guys need to go to the website and check it out, Naomi Harford-Smith. We have that right there below our uh, interview in the description box. box. Just copy and paste that into your browser. Ms. Smith, thank you again so much. Thank you, and God bless you. Wow, what a wonderful, wonderful person. What a wonderful, wonderful story. Thank her so much. Thank you, Miss Naomi, for being on the show. Uh, wow. You know, it takes a lot of guts to come forward. It takes a lot to come forward and say, look, this is what happened to me. This is where I'm at. This is where I came from. You know, it, some people are embarrassed. Some people get embarrassed, but you have to know that you're not the only one. You have to know that things happen to everyone. Circumstances, uh, different uh, things happen to everyone, not just you, not just me, but everyone. Wow. I want to thank her for calling in and uh that's, her story is amazing. Go ahead and check her out, NaomiHoffordSmith.com. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Don't you go nowhere. You're listening to Dream Chasers Radio with Yaya Diamond. You know, we all try to make sense of what's happening in our lives. You know, why am I sitting out in the middle of the street doing a radio show? What makes me want to do this radio so much that in the middle of traveling, I stop at different locations every time to do this radio show on the road? It's because I love doing it. I love bringing people to you. I love the fact that there are so many people out there that, are, that want the opportunity to share with you their ups, their downs, their trials, their ins, their outs. They're not ashamed to bring it. They're not ashamed to bring that, that edge to you, to tell you that you're not the only one. You're not the only one that has gone through this. You're not the only one. I did it too, and so can you. You can get through this. You can do this. You can be better than this. You can get past this. It will eventually subside. To me, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying personally here, I've gone through molestation. I've gone through race. I've gone through a lot of different things. Some things I can't really say because it's not, I don't have the liberty to say it. Just put it that way. It's not that I don't want to say it. It's that I don't have the liberty because it's not, it's my indirect story, but it's not my place to say it. However, we have all gone through something. 
But the key word here is gone through. Gone through. And when we come out on the other side, a lot of us just hold that information in. We don't think that anyone else has gone through that because, you know, we're the only person that's ever gone through that. that that's just not true. Be an inspiration if you can. Write a book. Write a blog. Do videos. How to get over certain things. And you know what? I am, I am, I'm going to have to say it. I'm going to have to say it. I am, I am, I am guilty. I haven't done it because I have been doing this radio station. So I, but I will be doing it and I will be finishing up my book really soon. And the thing is, is that we all have an accountability to each other. If we realize that we're in this world together, together, we're in this world Together. Why are we here together? If not to do things together. I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. To me, this is the moment that we all can talk about this different things, our accomplishments the things that we've gone through, the things we're going through. It, to me, it, it's just, it's a wonderful thing to realize that you and me, you and I, we are intertwined. It takes just a little bit more to get past it. But once we've gone past it, once we've gone through it, the other side is amazing.
how you get over. How do you get over? How do you get over certain things? How how can you get over? You know, I was thinking of a, of a memory that I had, and most people don't even think that you can remember that far back, but it was really traumatic for me. I can't really share it. Like I said, these are indirect memories that aren't really uh, – I am not at liberty to divulge these memories. However, I, it's my memory, but I'd rather keep it private just for private sake. Um, but it happened to me at six months old, six months old. And because it was so dramatic, I remember it. And a lot of people say, well, you mean to tell me, first of all, that you remember something so far back so well that, I mean, how could you remember that? Because when I repeated it to the person, they were like, exactly right. How did you know that? I was like, I remember. You're six, you were six months old. How do you remember that? Because it was such a traumatic event that it was edged in my mind as a memory. I mean, so far back as to be six months old to remember that. But how do I how did I get over that? Not until recently did I realize how it had affected my judgment, how it had affected my thought pattern whenever those things happened to me again in my life or I saw that or I came across those circumstances again. Um it really did affect me to the point where I was nervous and I I had to deal with that. I had to get over that. And how did you get over? That's a great song. How I got over. I got over by facing it. Facing it. Head on. Just face it. This is what happened. You cannot take it back. It happened. Face it. My, my, you know, I am a life coach, and I guess that everyone has a method of, of being a life coach. But first, I have to be my own life coach. I have to fix myself. And facing it is the first thing I had to do that I had never done. And I didn't realize that I never did it until I did it, and I cried. And I realized that my life, a portion of it, was stagnant, caught in the path of something that could never change. How do you get over things like that? You face it. You realize that it happened. Accept it. Because it cannot be changed. Accepting that it cannot be changed is the first step of getting over it. Because no matter how much you dwell on your past, it will always be your past. The second thing that you have to do, and this is just me speaking for experience, because I do have experience in this. The second thing you need to do is let it go. Let it go. 
And it's easy to say, let it go. It's really simple. Just let it go. No, but it doesn't happen like that. You just don't let it go. But you have to. You have to let it go. You have to move on. When we when we face our fears, when we face our circumstances, when we look at different things in the eye, in the eye, sometimes we cower. And sometimes we are strong. I have to say that being strong, being the one that You know, it's happened to you. It's happened. But being strong doesn't happen. It doesn't happen that way. You don't be strong. You're not strong. It's not, you're weak. I was weak. But in your weakness, that's where you can move forward. In your weakness. Because in my weakness, in the moment that I realized that this thing had a grip on me for a freaking long time, it was sad. I'm going to take a short break, and I'll be right back. Don't you go nowhere. You've been listening to Dream Chasers Radio with Yaya Diamond.
from the old routine Finally learning how to fly And on this road I can do more good For all the ones I left behind All the ones I left behind And I Wanna feel alive? Wanna feel alive?